Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Maybe. Yes, sir! Michiana's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT presents... Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show. I'm a big believer in fate. I have a good feeling about this. That's all I'm going to tell you. We welcome you to the Golf Show on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. Good morning to everyone. My name is Darren Pritchett, and I'm joined by my favorite co-host. We have John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Warren, and Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How are you? Great, Darren. You sound very peppy this morning. (laughs) It's 8 a.m. You're ready to roll. Sounds can be deceiving. (laughs) But that's part of being in the golf business is... Being Rise peppy? and shine early, right? Yeah. What is a normal time you see your first golfer in the summertime? Uh, are you talking you about us personally? <laughs> not you. I mean... I'd rather not say. Golfers in general. I mean, what is... If there's one that walks by my bedroom window, I say, there. Exactly. Should we start this over? We're okay. only 50 seconds what, in. What, how, what is the first tea time at your course on weekend mornings? Ours is 7 a.m., which is... Yeah, is, 6.30 or something. Yeah, it's late by some standards, but uh, yeah, 7 o'clock. And that gives you time. I, I'm assuming that's what actually yeah. happens. We hear, we think <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Tim and I have paid our dues. We've been there from... I'll tell you what, I'm five old, to, though. It's been a good six or seven years, John. I'm not going to jinx myself. Yeah. That I bef- that uh, Since I've had the dreaded phone call of... You oh. know, so-and-so didn't oh. show up. No one's here yeah. to open up the shop. I, I, so, I know. And I, yeah. I've been on a good roll. I got some good guys. So no, ours, I used to get that like once a month when yeah. I had one employee I can't mention. I, sometimes we take it for granted how great the staff is. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about that because uh, it was quite common at one point. Yep. You know, I could ask the simplest question. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes 52 different directions. <laughs> Well, you just don't understand the golf business, Darren. Obviously. That's that's why I ask simple questions. I mean, Tom Rinaldi asks a question, they start bawling, I ask a question, and everybody starts laughing. I don't know what the difference is. Oh, God. Hopefully you know who Tom Rinaldi is, Uh, but I have to explain it. No, he worked in this market. He actually sat in my office a couple times, and we've had a discussion before he made the big time. And he survived the onslaught at ESPN. Yeah. This week yeah. with all the firings or let people getting yeah. let go. Very, very sad. Yep. Well, for those out there that listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, that secondary show to the golf show, of course. <laughs> Our sister show, or actually, <laughs> yeah, it's a spinoff. It's a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Are we the Jeffersons? I'm not in, sure. In, yeah, so to speak. <laughs> Anyway, where was I going with this? Now? Oh, if you obviously listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat the last couple of weeks, all the weather has been sponsored by the Blackthorn Card. So I think we should just take a second, Tim, to 
let people understand what exactly the Blackthorn card is. I know I've seen it on billboards. You've heard it on the radio, on television. So explain what are the benefits for local golfers to use this particular card? Well, we started the Blackthorn card in 2012, and it was back when the... You know, golf industry was still kind of recovering, so to speak, uh, after the crash, and and you know we we wanted to do everything we could to maintain the integrity of the brand and not having to discount golf, and uh, still be able to pay the bills and and uh, make payroll. So, you know, we came up with a this loyalty card um, um, called the Blackthorn card. Here's an interesting story. Okay. It was called the Black Card when I first launched it. I remember that. I get a ten-page <laughs> cease and desist letter from a, t- a law firm in San Francisco, California, with like 100 lawyers on the left-hand side of this paper that American Express was asking us to cease and desist Are calling it the black me? card. Like, That's somewhat flattering, actually. I, I was like, in South Bend, Indiana? I mean, what's going on? Really? It's crazy. Anyway, I think some local golf course called it. might have been Foster. <laughs> 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 no. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, anyway. He's blushing right now. There might be something to that. (laughs) Hey, it worked, didn't it? Uh, So, we now refer to it as the Blackthorn card. But basically, it's it's the only way you'll ever get discounted golf at Blackthorn is if you have a Blackthorn card. And it allows us um, to take care of the customers who have loyalty to Blackthorn. So, uh, you always get $20 off the regular green fee price. You play discounted rates on Monday and Tuesday uh, after 2 p.m., uh, $31 with carts, which is, you know, very, very reasonable. Um, and then discounts on range balls and in the pro shop and member tournaments and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's kind of a loyalty club, so to speak, that you pay mm-hmm. for and you get the discounts uh, all season long. And we've continued to grow the sales of that card. Um, uh, last year, we got to almost 1,300 cards. I expect to get to over 1,300 this year. So uh, it's a great way for us to market, too, because we have all those email addresses. And anytime we have slow times mm-hmm. on the weekends or any day of the week that kind of gets, uh, you know, slow for whatever reason, we can send out an email blast to those black card holders and invite them to come out and play at a, at a discounted rate to kind of fill up the T-sheet. So nice. if you notice our marketing, we don't market anything about the mm-hmm. golf course at all. It's really about the Blackthorn card and that we don't um, we do not do any, you know, discounted, mm-hmm. you know, commercials or, you know, ads in the paper. All of our market is focused, focused on getting people into the Blackthorn card. And to get the Blackthorn card, it's a one-time fee. One-time fee for the year, $99. Yep, and you can do that online or in the, or in the golf shop as well. There you go, the Blackthorn I, card. I, I like to think of it as the, like the United Mileage Plus program minus the abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've never drug anybody <laughs> off the golf course. That's for, I've wanted to a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah. listen, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. You with us there, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> Are they a sponsor of the show? They won't be Not any much more. <laughs> it's their own fault for sponsoring us. I just have nothing to say. I know. I know. I want to follow up a little bit on what Tim said. Sure. As far as please dis- do. Dis- <laughs> dis- you know, let's change the subject. As far as discounting goes, and I think uh, you know we've taken a similar tack in that we believe in the product we have. And we know other people know what their product's worth, and we think we know what ours is worth. And we backed away from any discounting, too. Um, we don't feel we need to. And as far as the golf course, the, the construction, the, the way it's laid out with the small green, small tees, there's a limit to the number of rounds that we want to do every year. So those rounds that we do do, why would you discount those? There's plenty of demand out there. And, and Tim and I talked six, seven years ago about the death spiral of local pricing for golf. 
you just can't win that game. There, there were too many courses chasing too few rounds and too few players here. And what you ended up with was about a 40% degradation in the, in the cost. Now, I know there are a lot of people upset right now with the city courses because I know they've raised their daily fee and their pass fees substantially. But I, I'll tell you, I think if, in order for them to stay solvent and stay in business, and we don't even know if that's going to work, something had to be done. You know, so I know the, the golf consumer around here, trust me, you still have one of the better golf markets in the country in which to play with quality courses and really affordable prices. But I think the, the, the supply-demand curve's turned a little bit now. And so, that, again, that's why the one reason we decided seven, eight years ago, especially on our TV and radio ads, to flash the rounds as low as $40 was it was our twilight rate, but it was to dispel the myth that every time you come there, it's a hundred dollars. We've never had a hundred dollar green fee, but we we're trying to overcome that misconception. And now we don't even mention that as well. So, uh, like Tim said, he promotes the black card. That's his main thing. We we just promote the quality of the golf course. I think they just cease and desist you. You just said black card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so good. I'm on good terms with America. That's right. You're on the same side. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. exactly. You're, you're working together on all of this. Well, what you said there kind of leads us into the main thing we wanted to talk about in this opening segment. And every year we've done this program. Very early on in the year, we've done something that it's kind of like when the president speaks to the union in January, that we just kind of have a state of golf in northern Indiana and southwest Michigan to kind of get the golf season rolling. So I'd like to do that again. Mm -hmm. It just offers you guys an opportunity to offer your thoughts, your happiness, your concerns about where the golf industry is, not only as a whole, but also locally and specifically at your golf course. So I'm just going to turn it over to you guys. Tim, I don't know if you want to go first. You look very, very eager. <laughs> You're locked in. I mean, he looks like he shot 67 this morning, first off, when he walked in. So kind of give us your thoughts. I would assume compared to when we started, you probably have a little more of a smile on your face than compared to back then. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think, you know, every year um, over the past few years, we've been more optimistic about uh, the golf industry as a whole and here locally uh, as well. Uh, we've talked about how John uh, and the Warren course and Blackthorn have been fortunate to have been able to reinvest in the golf course and to keep course conditions uh, better than they've ever been, quite frankly. Um, and some of the courses didn't have that luxury to do that. And, and we've seen um, some of those courses, um, you know, getting into some of that deep discounting mode and, mm -hmm. and struggling to fight back for some of the market share. Um, and uh, um, I think that, you know, our rounds are uh, as high as they've been since the early 2000s. I mean, wow. we're playing close to 30,000 rounds of golf in South Bend, Indiana. So um, I would I would say we'll probably play more rounds than any other golf course oh, in the market, out. I would guess. Um, so we're certainly happy with what we've created at Blackthorn and the customer experience and the pricing model. And we've got a great mix um, that we talk about with my staff of, you know, to John mentioned earlier, you know, we don't want all the rounds to be, um, you know, a black card round. We need to have 
uh, full-paying rounds that are coming from Chicago, that are on golf packages, that are in town for Notre Dame games, or whatever the case may be. We want to have outing rounds. Um, you know, we, we want a nice mix of the rounds to make sure you're getting that average rate up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've continued to tr- build that up. We Again, this year raised our rates, which uh, <laughs> if we just said that five or six years ago oh, that we're raising goodness. rates, they'd be like, are you crazy? We so. wouldn't tell anyone. we just do it and hope nobody noticed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they would. But uh, So overall, um, I think golf is... Um, in good shape in South Bend. I think, like, to John's point, the city course is raising the money. I mean, hopefully, they got to get the course conditions right. up or, or they're right. going to see people aren't going to pay for that. I mean, it's like... That's the problem. Uh, you're going to yeah. a restaurant uh, and you order a filet mignon and, and it's gristly and, and mm-hmm. overcooked. And then you solve the problem by saying, well, we're going to raise the price of those yeah, gristly exactly. steaks. <laughs> no, that doesn't work too well. So, hopefully, they... I think they've put some money into the bunkers mm-hmm. at Elbel and they're doing some things. So, hopefully, it works out for them. Um, but we're certainly seeing an influx of of uh, uh, league, we got two new leagues and nine brand new outings that we've never had before. So um, it's 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 mm-hmm. we're starting to see some flow over. And if I could build on what you just said there, obviously Tim, you're in charge of Blackthorn, John, you're in charge of Notre Dame's Warren, but it would benefit our community if everything worked out for the South Bend courses, right? I mean, it's not like everybody's rooting against them. I mean, it's really good for everybody to have at least. A few choices <laughs> along the way, right? I mean, yeah. Because, like you said, there's only so many rounds you guys can handle a year. That's what I'm getting at. Th- that's true. Yes. Uh, I'll buy that in. Right. And, and, and I think we need a different level of golf course for the different level of golf. Not exactly everybody's going to spend right. $70 a play at, at Warren or, or $60 at Blackton, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, you, you need different tiers of golf. Otherwise, people aren't going to participate in golf, and we the, need participation. That's the part. That's such a key part because... So many golfers, and we've had it happen at our course, who play, say, at El Bell or Erskine, will come and say, you know, this is an outrageous price. They're just looking at golf courses as homogenous. And I don't know if they don't notice or it doesn't matter the things that are done that make us need to charge what we, we charge and the type of maintenance practices that we do to the golf course. I, you know, I, I've used this... this um, uh, number before, but I just want people to understand how expensive it is to maintain a top quality golf course. So, if I take the number of rounds that, that I do annually into just the green fee revenue itself. Now, bear in mind we have ancillary income from our carts, you know, from the driving range and from our merchandise. So, but if you look at just the golf, walking golf side of things, it's $42 per round it costs me in maintenance costs. Every time somebody steps on that first tee, $42 is going towards maintaining the golf course. And it's a staggering number. But that's basically what it costs to maintain what we feel we need to do at the university in terms of a quality course. And and it's paid off, you know, given the fact that USGA recognized it and they've awarded us the Senior Open. Uh, The collegiate events we have, the coaches just rave about the golf course. It's, It's not typical necessarily. And what Tim does isn't typical. Uh, but so many people judges you know judge everybody the same and paint everybody with the same brush mm-hmm. like tim said there's there's a need for a twenty five dollar round golf course in this area we we don't expect those people you know if their budgets don't allow it or something to play our golf course yeah we'll the take them on their birthday or absolutely you know, they have guests in town. Yeah. i mean we have those golfers that's right so I know they move the prices for a reason in order mm-hmm. to you know get to solvency, but on the other hand. Uh, there's only there's a limit. I mean, as to what you can charge for your product, and it needs to be consistent with the quality of the product. 
Tim Firestone, John Foster, The Golf Show on WSBT Radio. I'm Darren Pritchett. President Foster, anything mm. you want to add about just kind of where you are now compared to when we started a few years ago? We're in the same boat Tim was in. I mean, we were struggling and you know, to to drive rounds. Um, and as I say, we've gotten the rounds to where we want them now. And it would have been really easy to you know, just slash the price and instead of doing what we do now, do another 5,000 incremental rounds. But it would literally have destroyed the golf course. And getting out of that pricing model is really difficult once you go down that path. Um, so we, we made the decision not to, not to discount. Uh, and it's paid off. It was, And I'll say this. It's easier for me to do that than Tim. I've got a pretty good benefactor there at the university who's willing to put up with some <laughs> some losses here and there because the golf course is more to the university than just a revenue source. You know, it's, a, it's an athletic facility. It's a place yeah. for our faculty, staff, for our benefactors, so on and so forth. So it's tougher in Tim's case to kind of bite the bullet and maybe forego some rounds that he could have had at a lower price in order to accomplish what he's doing now, which is getting his average price per round where he needs it and optimizing the number of rounds. So um, we're in different camps here. I mean, he just, he's on his own, basically. So, John, you mentioned a moment ago, every time someone steps on the golf course, $42 in maintenance fees right off the bat. Just between the two of you, over the last 10 years, have you guys had to alter your budget or have you had to alter the way that you take care of the golf course? And I mean this mm -hmm. as a positive, no, that right, you figured right. out different ways to make the golf course better and doing it at a cheaper cost. I mean, like shortening fairways. I mean, that, yeah, I guess that's no, there, kind of the route there, I'm going. Darren, you're absolutely right. There are things that you do, but we would, you know, we took made a blood pact years ago, Matt Seelan and I, he's my superintendent, that we weren't going to compromise the quality. We'd find a way to maintain the quality, and he's been absolutely a magician at doing this thing. Now, Matt's got a fairly generous budget, but it's about the same as it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. He's gotten very creative in the way that he maintains it. Um... You know, we've had to make some some allocations here and there. However, one of the reasons I wanted this championship, uh, and the result has been, we've gotten some additional funding, you know, from the private sector, and both to supplement our maintenance budget for the next three years, as well as some of the capital projects and equipment purchases we're making now to to upgrade everything, and we hope that'll continue into the future by enhanced revenues from having hosted the event. So. But from a daily operating standpoint, uh, our budget's about the same as it was five years ago. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It, it's, uh, it, it creeps up, you know, um, a little bit here and there. But overall, mm -hmm. we're pretty much uh, flat. And, you know, the key, uh, John, again, I'm in a little bit different boat. But the key for me as an owner is, you know, how much could you cut in spending before it would interrupt Mm -hmm. your rounds and your ability to charge with it. If, if I knew that magic yeah, formula, I, know it. Uh, I could be a lot more profitable. But we've chosen to take the same road that John said mm -hmm. and not jeopardize the quality and continue to invest. And, you know, we spent over $100,000 on new equipment and mm -hmm. uh, um, different things that we did to the golf course last year. We just did two big bunker renovations that people don't think about sand. But I'll tell you, we, paid, we spent $10,000 on sand, uh, which I was like... Can we just go to the beach <laughs> and get, you know, load up a couple trucks? But that stuff is so expensive. Um, it's a special kind of sand that we get out of Ohio. 
The freight alone is outrageous. Yeah, it's trying like to transport two thousand or two thousand a truckload or something. Anyway, yeah. but so we continue to invest and we hope that we can continue mm -hmm. to grow the rate and continue to do what we're doing. And um, I'm not going to really jeopardize that by tinkering with making cuts into the maintenance budget. You know, we just and not to you know beat this to death, but I just purchased a fairway mower um, and sixty six thousand dollars for for a mower. You get a Lexus. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's incredible. Ridiculous. What it costs uh, for the particular pieces of equipment, and and so that's the part that really makes it tough, and that's why our mechanics are so uh, critical to mm -hmm. us. And you get a good mechanic, and they're worth their weight in gold. Absolutely, uh, to keep this stuff running and and maintained to the point where we don't have to buy it every seven years or so. There is one thing that I really like what you guys do that I wish other organizations would do, and I'm going. Without mentioning the name of the golf course, but it is a course that is well-known in Michigan. And they have all these long fairways, all this wasted yeah. fairway. And you think about all the cost that you could save if you don't have the fairway so close to the tee. You guys don't have that. I'm just thinking no. over the course of a year, if you take off 30 yards of fairway off every single hole, how much money you can save. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sure it's probably awfully good for the be, environment it as can well. Be, yeah, exactly. It can be calculated. And it's not only the mowing and the labor, it is the cost of chemicals. But the USGA has been quite the steward when it comes to green initiatives. Now, we've always, we've had to do this because of our Audubon Sanctuary designation. There are certain things we can and can't do, so we've had to make those changes. But I would say since I've been to the course, and this has all been done in conjunction with Core and Crenshaw saying, yep, I approve of that. We've lopped off certain areas of fairway. I mean, think about it. If you have the fairway starting 20 yards from the tee, what's the point? Fairway hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I dubbed it, but I'm in the fairway. But, but we don't want to compromise the design integrity of the hole. Yeah. We've probably eliminated over an acre of fairway that we have to take care of. And it's a lot easier as well as less expensive and more eco ecologically friendly, environmentally friendly, to maintain rough than it is fairway. Very well said. Good, no, it's a good point, though, Darren. You know, the only thing I have a concern about, and this is from an outsider, you guys obviously know the industry a hundred million times better than me, that, but just with so many kids involved in travel sports, you have to be in travel sports in this era and the summertime is filled with baseball and soccer and all these different events. And you got girls playing volleyball travel and basketball travel. I just worry sometimes about how we keep mm -hmm. getting youngsters to the golf course because there's only so many hours in a day. And there is so much focus on these travel sports that mm -hmm. if you're going to be a, a star in high school, you got to play travel sports. So I think that's my big concern is how we figure out how to continue to get youngsters to the golf course well, I'll tell you, and a keep couple, them interested. A couple key initiatives, and we're seeing a, a tremendous amount of increase of, of juniors at Blackthorn. We have a group of now of almost 10 or 11 kids that are below the age of 16 um, that are out there almost daily. They're really? playing high school matches now. Awesome. Um, but a couple things I think are really important that have shown growth and interest in golf. First, the PGA of America has started this PGA Junior League. 
So it's a little league team. So we have, you know, uh, eight or nine kids on our team, and we go play Knollwood, Morse Park, and we have these matches, and we have team uniforms, and it's two-person teams, and you go out, and it's like a best ball thing. But we've uh, we've got great demand. A lot of kids want to participate in that. And then the second thing is the Gusta initiative with the drive, mm-hmm. tip, and putt um, and getting kids involved and, and interested in doing that. So I, I think those programs need to continue. I think that uh, the popularity of golf and you know some of the younger uh, personalities on tour, the Ricky Fowlers, and, and I think that's helping out uh, a lot as well. So um, I'm actually kind of optimistic um, about the junior golf um, scene. Yeah, Good to hear. A, yeah, no, I mean, if we can solve that issue, everybody would be healthier into the future. It's going to be hard, though, because you are competing not only with other sports, you're competing video games and other leisure activities that are more instantly rewarding. Golf, as you know, is really hard. And the generational thing is different for when, from when we grew up. We like that challenge, and I'm not so sure the average teenager or, or younger really wants to beat their brains out to try to get good at something when they can accomplish and be successful at things a lot easier in another venue. So there's a lot of challenges out there. I've shot 65 at Augusta on a video game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'd shoot 105 if I did it in real life. So that's our state of golf for this year, and we'll kind of, at the end of the year, recap how the season went. But it's just kind of interesting how more positive we are now than mm-hmm. five years ago. Such a huge, huge difference. That's because Tim and I just are just more upbeat than we were then in general about things. <laughs> we're just happier as, human beings. As you can tell from well, anybody that listens to this show, <laughs> how chipper we are. It's uncanny. I, this this needs to be in front of a live audience. Obviously, oh, no. that would be just terrific. And we that will get we'd accomplished. We have to dress up when we came. Are you kidding? You guys look like golf <laughs> pros the way you guys yeah, dress. Yeah. I mean, I've got blue jeans on. You guys look like well, you don't look like John Daly exactly, but you look like you know, Fred Couples or okay, that's better. Jimenez, oh, I cannot wait for the dance on yeah, your practice range. He is, when he uh, does the dance, oh, my gosh, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Our championship director spoke with him down at uh, Mississippi when he, when he won the Gulf Coast Classic and at, at length about Notre Dame, trying to tell him what it was because he's Catholic, but he didn't know what Notre Dame was. And as a matter of fact, I know I've told the story when we took the golf team to Ireland. People were like, what's a Notre Dame? All the Irish people they had no clue. No kidding. They thought it was a French school because Notre Dame is French. Hmm. But back to our boy. Um, he said that he's very excited. Yeah. He's a very colorful person off the course, too. I cannot wait. Yeah. Well, you've had dinner with him, so. Well, no, it was, it was breakfast. Oh, it was breakfast. <laughs> from, from a cost. The table next to me. I like to think we were having breakfast sure. together. But Sim- it- we were having breakfast simultaneously. If people don't know, he has the greatest warm-up routine oh my on the driving range in history. It's like he's doing a salsa dance. It's, <laughs> I just can't wait to see it in person. It's There's gonna nothing be unbel- like uh, sentences laced with profanity <laughs> with somebody who does not have command of the language. It's with a cigar in his mouth. With a cigar in his mouth. So that's what I look forward to. That's going to be awesome. John Foster, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett, when we come back... We are going to start our tour of the pro shops, and today we're going to stop by Blackthorn. When we last left Tim, <laughs> of course, he was a Nike representative. Nike is not making golf clubs anymore, so does he have a new affiliation? We'll find out next as the golf show continues on WSBT. 
Welcome back to the Golf Show on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM WSBT. Good Saturday morning to everyone. I'm Darren Pritchett with John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Warren, Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club. Next week, we're going to take a visit to the pro shop at Notre Dame's Warren. This week, we are at Blackthorn. So as I teased before the commercial break, longtime Nike representative, Nike's not making equipment anymore. You said you were going to... Tim, think about this and observe some things. Are you now lined up with someone? Well, my agent fielded very, you know, several <laughs> offers. Um, uh, actually, uh, yes, I, I made a decision uh, last fall. Um, it's a company that really has, uh, I feel, come a long way from, uh, for a long time, I'd never ordered any of their products. Um, uh, because of the way they were handling their, their rollout of their new equipment, the way they were treat, treating the green grass accounts, um, it just, uh, uh, they weren't handling things well. They had new leadership come in over the last couple of years, and they really changed things around. I know who it is. Though. And my old Nike rep Spalding. is now the... Uh, <laughs> <Spalding>. <laughs> really? Mm. Mm. My new, uh, my old Nike rep is now the rep for TaylorMade. So it's a relationship uh, uh, with him. Uh, as well as some of the changes they made, but um, I have signed on with TaylorMade Golf. Um, I read about it in Golf Digest. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think there was a press release, um, but anyway. And I saw Tom Rinaldi interview you, and I saw the tears starting to build. <laughs> so I've, I've played three rounds of golf with, with these new clubs, um, okay. and um, they, they're, they're pretty good. I'm very impressed with the putter and the wedge and the driver, the irons I'm still trying to figure out but TaylorMade's got a huge presence on tour and really it's it's them and Callaway and Titleist that are pretty much mm -hmm. on the market share in the golf world uh, these days and um, I've, I've, I've not got confirmation of this but I've heard that TaylorMade has been sold Adidas um, as sold or is about to sell yeah. TaylorMade um, so the golf equipment Companies, it's, it's a real challenge mm -hmm. uh, to be profitable. Well, the amount of money they're paying the tour players, the amount of money in research and development to come out with the new and latest, greatest mm -hmm. technology. And, I mean, as John knows, we make no margin on these irons. I mean, uh, we sell $1,000 set of irons to make $100. It's just, it's yeah. getting to be a little bit difficult. Um, so, um, anyway, but TaylorMade, great product, great great brand. Um, and for us, um, if it's something we feel like we can we can sell, uh, and promote and push. And uh, my, my other staff members are on different staffs. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my director of office with uh, um, Titleist. So we, we have fitting um, carts with all the different manufacturers and um, a lot of selection in the Blackthorn Pro Shop. So we don't just carry TaylorMade. We have a lot of different products. So, Tim, with TaylorMade, the first thing I think of is the driver, which has been very popular for many, many years. What does the 2017 driver bring to the table? Well, it's very similar to the 2016. They just did a little bit of a rework on their M-Series driver that was super popular um, and it's just small little tweaks obviously I mean really for me to the naked eye you don't really know exactly mm -hmm. what the changes are they're nothing real distinct but they had such uh, terrific luck and I think that they felt like they had to come up with something new even though they knew they had great technology yeah. in the 2016 M series drivers that they just made a little tweaks to make it a little bit better and it's um, it's it's a selling hot selling club I've also heard rumors I don't know if you heard this mm -hmm. or not that Taylor made you know how the cell phone industry has gone to you don't buy the phone anymore yeah. they 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 put on your monthly bill and i heard that TaylorMade is coming out with a similar consumer program where you basically get this driver and you pay really monthly you know give them a credit card or an auto like debit a or, yeah, almost, or a lease or exactly right. so really no i'd not it'd heard be that, good but... for us you know uh yeah. obviously we would get yes. 
paid and funded up front. I'm assuming some sure. uh, credit companies taking this right. on are probably charging 39% interest or something. But anyway, it could be a new way to consume it's, golf clubs. I'll tell you, uh, they have to do, do something. something. For $600 yeah. drivers, it's hard it, for someone to just rip off that kind of cash. So It, it really is. And, and, you know, to Tim's point, I there's never been a question of the quality of tailor-made products. Probably, you know, I'm a Titleist guy, so it's hard to say, but maybe the highest degree of technical advancement every year. You can see that. You can pay guys on tour all they want, but if the club doesn't perform, they're not going to play it. But it was the representation. I mean, when we were in Adidas school, and they owned TaylorMade, I wouldn't carry their product, just mm -hmm. because of the way they treated, mm -hmm. like Tim said, the green grass accounts. And I think them being sold, if indeed that happens, is probably a really good thing. Because the way that Adidas markets things... Um, I'm just well. Not the golf club family. industry to Adidas was yeah, it's right. Five percent of yeah. their business. I mean, there's such a huge right. apparel and shoe company that golf was such. Th a small their supplement thing. was apparel and shoes. Titleist supplement is golf balls. That's where they make their money. If they weren't in the golf ball business, they wouldn't be in the club business. So, and Callaway, I think, is you know they they make something on the golf balls, but it's it's kind of standalone. There's not apparel there. There aren't shoes there. It's strictly hard goods. I think my first medal was a tailor-made burner. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh yeah, the burner way back when, and it the looks burner, like the burner bubble, or the was that before the bubble? Remember the? Oh yeah, the bubble the, was the, first. The, yeah. Was the bubble first? Yeah. Okay. I just remember now when you look at that club, it looks like like a five wood. Mm -hmm. The size. The first one I had, and this goes way back when they went to the the steel metal railer. Right? No, it was the Pittsburgh persimmon they called. <laughs> it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think it was Powerbuild who marketed. I'm not nice. really sure. But it was like, uh, yeah. That was the first metal wood? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, space age stuff. And yeah. what, like 79? <laughs> I don't know. Gosh. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. Tim, in terms of tailor-made irons, what type of choices are there? Well, that's the thing. All these companies are doing a great job at really kind of coming up with different uh, models for the different level of players. So oh, that's important to me. Yeah. You shouldn't it have is. to buy right. a pro-style club if you're going to go out and shoot 110. That's right. Um so you know the, the M series, the M one, M two, they are more of a game um, improvement mm -hmm. club, and then they've got their P seven fifty, P seven seventy for the better players um, uh, as well. So they have a nice wide variety depending on you know what kind of level you're at and what you're looking for. If you have the you know problems getting the ball up in the air, you probably want the M series. It's got a lower mm -hmm. center of gravity, get more height on the ball. Um, so. But um, we, again, you got all, anywhere you go, um, well, maybe not anywhere, but certainly um, at our place, you know, there's a, all these club manufacturers have demo irons that you can come out and try and find out what's best for you. What about a tire? I want to look good if I'm going to shoot bad. Well, TaylorMade's owned by Adidas or was, so <laughs> that's kind of the the uh, a tire. Uh, we is Adidas um, our, in our shop this year. Um, we've kind of scaled back on Nike, um, not just because of uh, my relationship, but just uh, style wise and and sell through last year wasn't as strong as it's been. So uh, we've kind of loaded up more with uh, TaylorMade and um, uh, not TaylorMade. With Adidas, um, and we have a new, we have a lower uh, cost brand that we picked up a couple years ago that is making some really really good stuff um, called Bermuda Sands. And I'll tell you, you feel the shirt, you wash the shirt, you wear it, you know, ten times, you can't tell a difference, and uh, it's substantially less expensive. So uh, we we have. 
quite a, uh, a variety of, of uh, styles and that stuff, too. So come out and see the shop's folds. I look at that there, and then when, it, when I realize I'm writing the checks for all that stuff that's sitting there, I'm yeah. going... Wow, it's a lot of cash sitting out there on the floor. So. so you better give the phone number for the Blackthorn Pro Shop then. Yeah, that's right. 232-4653-6100 Nips Parkway, South Penn, Indiana. And again, demo clubs. Use them. Yeah. Use them. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they're, they're there for. Yeah, Use that's them. exactly right. And tell them John sent you. Yeah, do that. Right. That would be great. That's the Blackthorn Pro Shop Tour. We will take a tour of Notre Dame's Warren next week on the program. I just want to have some fun with you in the next thing because you love talking about Tiger Woods. So oh, I found a little list that you might get a a chuckle out of, and I have a feeling there might be a couple of good one-liners coming from Foster along no. the way. So we'll do that coming up next as the golf show continues on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT. The Golf Show on WSBT Radio. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you. All right, this is just for fun. We talked a lot about Tiger last week, another surgery, never going to win a major, blah, 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 blah. So, Golf Digest did something, I think, very corny. They came up with a list of things to cheer up even the saddest Tiger Woods fans, so I thought of you guys. (laughs) You ready for this? So they put together this list. Here are things to cheer you guys up so you're going to have a great day today. Number one, there have been 22 majors won by golfers 42 or older. That's good news for Woods. He will turn 42 in December. Over the last 120 years? <laughs> exactly. 22 of them <laughs> times four majors out of 400 and some majors, 22 of them. See, that's why I brought this up. There you go. I knew they were. So would you're be. saying he's got a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. You yeah. got that right, All Lloyd. Right. All right. Julius Boros won the 68 PGA Championship at 48. 48, so Tiger has plenty of time to add to his total of 14. <laughs> Gosh. Tom Watson nearly yeah. won the 2009 British Open at 59. Yeah. Now, that's a good point, but Tom physically is in, yeah. could you say, better shape? Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Okay, just want to yeah. be fair. VJ Singh won 22 PGA Tour titles after turning 40. 65% of his wins, including the 04 PGA, came after he hit the big 4 0. Mm. But he was, see, again, he was physically in yes. really good shape. That's right. Another reason for my favorite Tiger Woods fans to cheer up Phil Mickelson turns 47 in June, and he's not slowing down at this time. <laughs> Nothing? Okay. Nothing. All no. right. Uh, let's move along here. Tiger has three PGA Tour winning streaks of five tournaments or more. No one else in the past six decades has that. Since 2004, Tiger has had as many back surgeries as top 25 finishes. <laughs> now that's good. Now that's <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. doggone good. But th- this is seriously pretty remarkable. Tiger has spent 683 weeks at number one since turning pro. Everyone else during that span is combined for 377 wow. weeks at number one. That's domination. Yes. And he set the PGA Tour record, 142 consecutive cuts made. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. unthinkable. The best current streak. I can't believe that. Yeah, that really this? is this hard is to believe, isn't it? shocking to me. Yeah. The best current streak. Not that it's him, but that's, that it's that No, that, I mean, it's I'll only say that. both. Actually. Both, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Brendan Steele. How could that even be right? Best current uh-huh. streak, 16. That can't be right. I don't know. Well, I mean, you look at Jason Day. He's missed cuts this year. You yeah. know? But I mean, you would, speed? I mean, I, speed, I, oh, yeah, speed missed two yeah. or three cuts early. So, I, I mean, it's... Day withdrew, you know, I think, oh, of an event. So right. That shows how hard to get yeah, golf exactly. Oh. It's just like, come on. And 
let's be honest, maybe Golf Digest isn't your guys' favorite magazine, and sometimes they might be a little off on things. Well, no, no, no. I'm sure that's right. They wouldn't yeah. print. The press is never <laughs> wrong, right? <laughs> Ask Have you followed the Deshaun Kaiser draft situation? <laughs> that whole thing? Yeah, that's crazy. When, when is the draft, by the way? Was it Thursday? It was, it was Thursday, Thursday. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I see he was out hitting balls on Wednesday evening. Oh, yeah? It's like, don't you have a draft coming up? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, it's nice he can enjoy it. I, I can't can imagine how stressful it is. Yeah, I know he hits it a mile. Yeah, because yeah. he played baseball too, all right? He, yeah, all he does is hit drivers when he comes out. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Grip it and rip it. That's the way it's supposed to be. But see, that's the great thing about golf is compared to other sports, A, you can just go out to the driving range and have an activity that you can just do by yourself, and it's a great way to let off some steam and just relax a little bit. Yeah. Can't beat it. And if you're going through the draft process like he has, holy cow. I would need to hit a whole bunch of golf balls. He said that, you know, that he's worked out for, I think, every team. Unbelievable. Yeah. What's coming up is next on The Golf Show on WSBT. The Golf Show concludes with what's coming up. John Foster, Notre Dame's Warren Go. Yeah, I'm going to ch change it up. We got nothing coming up. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> You're always making fun of me. They said, yeah, we're open for golf, come play or whatever. Now nah, we got nothing. We have a great yeah. tennis tournament coming there up There you go. Week. I'm going to leave it at that. No phone number, anything? Yeah, no, it's 631-GOLF. Okay. You follow that up, Tim, go right ahead. Yeah, open for play. Golf course is in great shape. We're through verification. 232-4653, uh, come on out. Guys, always a pleasure. It's a yeah. highlight of my week, to say the least. All right. I'm glad we make a difference. <laughs> And go out and play a little That's this weekend. Right. All right? For John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Horn, and for Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn, I'm Darren Pridgett. This has been the Golf Show on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM, WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.